Good morning, church. It's good to be with you guys. Good to see y'all. Thanks. I I love you guys. I miss you. I miss being with you. Ventura Campus, I miss you. We love you. One church, two locations. Give them some love, Ventura Campus. Just want to thank you for your continued love and support and prayers for our family. We've been beautifully overwhelmed by all your love and your letters and your gifts and uh, mostly your prayers. Your prayers have been effective. One of our home groups started 24-hour prayer. Many of you have joined in that, and people from around the world have been doing that, and it's changing things. I mean, Daisy's last round of chemo was night and day from the first round. She, uh, she is suffering noticeably way less than she was suffering before. So just God's grace and mercy being made manifest through your prayers. So thank you for that. Um, you can be praying for her this week as when she'll be neutropenic, meaning all her white blood cells or her immune system is wiped out this week. If she gets any sort of sickness, she'll be immediately hospitalized for a couple weeks. I'm taking a great risk being here with you guys today, but I just couldn't stay away, but I can't get sick. So I want to love and hug all of you, but I can't. So don't touch me. <laughs> just, we just love each other from afar and So you can just pray that Daisy would not get sick this week. And then the big day is September 3rd, a week from this coming Friday. That's when she'll have her scan. And we'll see whether the tumor has grown, stayed the same, shrunk, or if it's just gone. Gone. In Jesus' name, gone. 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 So depending on the results of that, Friday night we'll either have the most insane party ever or she'll go into surgery, or she'll go into more chemotherapy. So just be praying that it's gone on on September 3rd. Uh, Thank you for your love and your prayers there. A lot going on with the Reality family this week. Reality LA and Reality San Francisco have teams in London working with Reality London, doing another prayer tour there, praying through the city. That's been a powerful time. Um, Our own Pastor G is preaching at Reality San Francisco this weekend. Our newest church planner, Al Abdullah, who you heard from last week, is preaching at Reality. LA this weekend, so tons going on. And then we are super blessed to have my friend Francis Chan here. And Francis has um, been a real blessing to me. When he first heard about my daughter's cancer, he reached out to me and has just been loving on me and my family and on you guys. Uh, He could be anywhere in the world right now, literally including home with his family or at the beach, but he's here because he loves me and he loves you. And Uh, We're just really grateful for that. Kate and I went to dinner with uh, Francis and Lisa last night. Uh, Went out for vegan food. Great place in Ventura, by the way. Ventura Campus. It's called, um, what's it called? Mary's Secret Garden by the park off Thompson. Great place. Super new age, so you could just be on mission when you go there. (laughs) And trip out on the bathroom. When you go in the bathroom, it's a trip. But great food. We were there having dinner. And just talking about stuff going on in our lives, and Kate and I were sharing with Francis and Lisa kind of our struggles with Daisy's second bout of cancer, and, you know, we're literally walking through the valley of the shadow of death. We're literally looking at death right now, and he was reminding us, because he's such a great shepherd and pastor, he said, yeah, but God is a big God. And uh, (laughs) I was encouraged, and I said, yeah, but gosh, God is also kind of crazy, Francis. (laughs) 
And then it just dawned on us, we're, we're going to do a book together called Big Crazy God. Anyway, I love this man, and we're very blessed to have him, Francis Chan. Oh, we did have a great time last night with the vegans. Um, <laughs> that was first I met Kate. Uh, she's a trip. <laughs> she's so funny. Um, but but it's, it's just been so encouraging hanging out with uh, people from reality. And just uh, the more I find out about this church, the more I love it, the more I just feel like total connection, kinship. Uh, even this morning, as, as we're praying for the people going to Ethiopia um, for the Mossy Foot Project, I don't know if you know, but that, that is something that is so dear to my heart, this Mossy Foot Project. In fact, uh, the, the, the founder of, of that, Nathan Barlow, this is, this is a guy uh, who to me is, is one of my heroes, and he's, he's with the Lord right now. He's, he's passed away, but this guy went to Ethiopia and he stayed there for over 60 years, okay? Medical doctor that figured out how we could help these people. I mean, it is, it is just the nastiest thing you'll see. Just, the, they, they really are ostracized. Their feet, it's just, it's, it's, it's awful. But he figured out a way to do the surgery to, to make it look, you know, somewhat normal so they could come back into society and be with these people. And there's thousands and thousands of people. And he was like the only guy that was helping them. And so he never left. He never left the mission field. In fact, this, you know, the, the story, um, there's this one story where, he went and he was going to, uh, he had a toothache and it, it got so bad he had to leave the field. But when he, uh, when he went to wherever Europe and flew over there and got his teeth worked on, he told the doctor, he goes, I don't want this ever to happen again. I don't ever want to have to leave the field because of a toothache. So please take out all of my teeth. And they removed all of his teeth. I mean, you're talking about hardcore, look, I love these people and I need to be here. This is what God has called me to. I got to meet him at the end of his life because his daughter brought him back to the U.S. as as there were a lot of medical complications and everything else. And and as we're talking, I just want to, you know, learn under this guy, you know, and and just hear about his life and everything else. The whole time he's just, he didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be here. He says, I, I got to go back. And I, I know there's, you know, the medicine, everything else. It's not good there, but just send me back. I want to die with my people. And they flew him back there. And that's where he went to be with the Lord. And, and so that's the ministry you guys are supporting. Because when he died, there was just a sense of, is it going to be forgotten? Is it going to be carried on? Because all the support was through him and where the relationship's going to be. But praise God for your church. Um, for the team that's going out there and others that are hearing about this project because it's, it's, it's really, really bad. And uh, so again, when I saw that, it's just like, ah, oh, there's just this, this sweet bond that I, I sense with you guys. And just, you know how when um, you can meet people you hardly even know and there's something about the spirit of God that immediately you go, okay, what's mine is yours. You're my brother. You're my sister. Let's go for this thing. It's, it's the real deal. And um, I, I want to pray. I want to pray for this morning. I didn't do that during first service. And, and I feel like I kind of screwed up a little. Um, no, really. You, you know, it's, it's weird how 
when you're going you're gonna to preach on something, like if, if I'm going to preach on marriage, I'll fight with my wife on the way to church. It, it's just, it's going to happen. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's crazy because today, and it didn't really hit me, but I'm, I'm preaching on being fearless. Because that's what this, this verse in Psalm 23 talks about. You know, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I'm going to fear no evil. Because you're with me. You know, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. It's just this idea of I, I can be in the worst situation in the world and I'm going to be fearless. Why? Because you're there. And it's amazing how, as I'm about to speak that, all these fears came to my mind just driving over here. I was scared to preach. I was scared. You know, during first service, I, I, there were some things I was going to say, and I thought, oh, that might be taken the wrong I'm not going to say it. You know, I felt like God wanted me just to, to get in front of the group and just look people in the eyes, and, and, and that he was just going to give me the words to say. And, and yet, then I got scared and thought, well, what if I start talking? Then I don't know what to say next. You know, and all these different dumb fears like what in the world you've preached 50,000 times and now you're scared and and I really believe that it's not a coincidence and uh, you know just confessing a bread afterwards and we just prayed and said you know what just go for it and let's just let's just uh you know trust in the word of God trust you know one of the questions I ask myself I've got this list of questions these seven questions I ask myself before I I speak but one of the questions is Am I depending on the Holy Spirit's power or my own cleverness? And so I think to myself, okay, as I walk up there, is it because I got these notes that I just know are going to work and uh, this is one joke that you're going to love? You know, is it, <laughs> is it all this illustration or whatever else? Is it that? Or am I walking up there going, you know what? The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is inside this body that God is literally, literally in me right now. And he is actually going to speak through me. And it's just this supernatural. Is that what I'm depending on? The fact that the Lord is really my shepherd. That I can walk in any situation and go, oh, okay, I'm about to speak to, to most of you who believe in the same God I do. Why, what is there to fear I'm, I'm about to share from his word that, that's so powerful, sharper than a two-edged. What is there to fear? And then if the spirit of him who raised Christ took a dead body and caused him to rise from the grave is now inside this body, there's nothing to be afraid of. This isn't a flesh and blood. Francis is going to try to manipulate your mind time. No, it's about God is going to speak through me. And he has some things to say. And there's some of you that are struggling in your courage and you're scared of so many things. And it's not the picture of what God wants us to show the world. Um, He wants to show us a bunch of people that are like the psalmist in Psalm 23. And says, you know what? The Lord's my shepherd. He he, he makes me lie down in these green pastures. He takes me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You know, he he wants this picture of these people with absolute confidence absolute peace that even when we're facing the most dangerous place we could be it's like big deal God's standing there with me and so I want to pray I want to pray for myself you know I used to feel weird like uh, you know asking people to pray for me but the crazy thing is at the end of Ephesians 6 the apostle Paul says pray for me that I'd be able to preach boldly like I ought Paul Paul is preaching for bold, asking for boldness. The Apostle Paul. It, was there anyone bolder? You know, you know what I mean? Don't you just feel like an idiot next to Paul? 
because of his boldness. And yet, what's he asking the people to do? You guys pray for me. Pray for me. I need this courage. I need this boldness. I need to say everything I've got to say. So even the Apostle Paul, and when you look in the, when you look in the book of Acts, they're constantly praying for boldness. You see, the apostles, when they come out of jail, you know, and, and this boldness for preaching Christ, they, what are the people praying for? They're praying for their boldness, you know, in Acts 4, verse 29, and then, we will get to the prayer, but I'm on a roll right now, and, and then, uh, you know, in verse 29 of Acts 4, it says, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak in your word with all boldness. And then verse 31, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with all boldness. They prayed in this room. And what did they pray? What did the believers gather to pray for? They said, God, give us courage. Make us bold. Make it so that when we go out there, I'm not scared to say, you know what? Jesus is Lord. He is the way and the truth and the life. And no one gets to the Father but through him. I know that's not a popular message, but God, give me the boldness to go out and speak that. And when they prayed, literally something happened. Like the room, like something literally shook And then the people walked out because they were filled with the Spirit. And and the result of that was they went out and they spoke up with boldness. And, And I see that so much in the early church that even Paul prayed for that. And here we have Peter and John praying for that. And the early believers praying for that and receiving that. And it's it's interesting because earlier in that chapter, um, when Peter and John were preaching, it says in verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. See, what the world saw, what people saw, was they saw these, these, these early believers going, man, look how bold they are. They were astonished by their boldness. When's the last time someone was astonished by your boldness? See, these people were astonished by the boldness when they recognized that they were, they were, they were ordinary, uneducated men. See, see, some of us are very educated in scripture and the world may be astonished by your knowledge of scripture. Man, and that's great. I'm not knocking it. Man, I praise God. You're a student of the word. But there's something about this boldness. See, I, I feel like I see a lot of the opposite now. I see a lot of people who know a lot of scripture, and I'm astonished by their lack of boldness and their fear. And, and somehow as a church, we've got to get back to being courageous. Oh, because okay, one more thing. Because, listen to this. Philippians 1, Philippians 1, verse verse, uh, 27. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of you that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. See, that's the sign. Isn't that insane? That's the sign. When people see us fearless, fearless, then they're going to believe. That's why the early church was, was praying for boldness. That's why the people were suddenly astonished. Like, why are they so bold? Why are they so confident? 
And Paul's saying here, he goes, look, when people, you, you know when the world's going to believe when we're united, just like Jesus said, right? You know, they're going to believe when, when, when they see us united, then the world's going to see and they're going to believe that Jesus came. And here he says, this is a clear sign when you guys are striving side by side for this gospel, for this good news. When, when they see an army of people that go, you know what? We believe this thing. We are together on this. We've got our difference. We care less. We're, we're striving together side by side for this gospel. And we're not afraid of anything. And when they see that, wow, they're not afraid of anything, then they're going to go, okay, they're saved and we're in trouble. That's what Paul says. Here's the clear sign. A bunch of people who call themselves followers of Jesus, who are so secure in this shepherd that's leading them, that they're striving side by side and they go through some of the most difficult things in life, but they're fearless and people are going to go, okay, they're right. I need to repent. I need to change because I just experienced the real thing. And so this is no small topic that we're talking about. And it is, it is no, there's no surprise why Satan would want to keep us in our fear, in our lack of confidence, wondering if God's going to come through, what, rather than walking side by side boldly, fearless. Because when we do that, then, then Satan is in trouble. The unbelievers are going to believe. And so let's pray, let's believe. Let's, let's believe like that early church right now as I pray. Is there any reason why God wouldn't cause this room to shake? Why not? Why, why couldn't he do that? Have you lost your faith? But, but that's, not even the, that's not the point of that passage. I mean, he can make an earthquake. That, what, what's that going to change? We want that other part where we're filled with the Spirit and we walk out here boldly and that will be the sign to them. And I want to pray for that. I want to pray that somehow God would use a human being right now and, and empower him with his spirit and speak his word that we could walk out and be changed people. And I believe that's going to happen as we pray right now. So join me in a word of prayer. Father, I'm already excited. I already sense you working right now. And I'm just confident. I thank you for prayer. I thank you that we can speak to you right now. This is amazing. The God of the universe is listening to us. God, and I'm asking you, please, just raise up an army here in Ventura. Raise up an, an army and, and just, just make us people that, that put aside our differences and just love each other and strive side by side, fighting for the gospel. Not, not for our rights and not for how someone hurt our feelings or this or that, but something so much bigger, your story. The fact that Jesus Christ is king, that he came here, took the form of a man, died on a cross for our sins, rose from the grave, ascended to your right hand, is going to return one day to judge this world and be with us forever. God, may we share that good news boldly. The fact that you are the creator, the fact that you are our shepherd, and there's nothing that we need to fear on this earth, Lord. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Lord, death has lost its sting. We no longer fear death. We don't fear people. We don't fear anything. And so God, make us like that. Use your word right now to purify us. God, help us to see the lies of the enemy. All the fears, all the insecurity, all the times we just focus on ourselves. Take our eyes off of ourselves right now, Lord. And help us look to you, the good shepherd, who has led us through so much that we could leave here with confidence, knowing that surely 
goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Speak to us, Lord. May your spirit move in this room, God, and give us a boldness, a boldness like those early believers. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. How many of you guys, how many of you guys grew up in church, like went to Sunday school? Okay, okay, a lot of you. What, what were some of your favorite uh, stories that you learned when you were a kid in Sunday school? David and Goliath, okay, all around, perfect. That was every other week, is either David and Goliath or, or Jonah. And, uh, but, but, but what else, David and Goliath? Daniel and the lions, then, wasn't that a great one? Because sometimes they'd have the pictures and, you know, of the lions and they're all their mouths are shut and some of them had angels holding them or whatever else. What, what else? I'm sorry, what? Parting of the Red Sea. Yeah, and then the drowning of all the army afterwards. It's like, yeah. The fish and the bread, yes. Yeah, just the multiplying of that. That's right. Noah's Ark. When he killed everyone. Um, Noah's Ark. We left that part out. You, you notice that? It's, it's funny. We, we like to just talk about, oh, yeah, the giraffes. You know, their heads are poking out. It's like, we do that because we want to avoid certain parts of God. We don't want to talk about that side. I mean, seriously, if your parents painted it on the wall in your room, they didn't paint the millions dying under the water, right? What, what, what else? What else do you, what else do you remember? That would be, no, 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 okay. What else do you remember? What other stories? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and that fiery furnace. Didn't you love that story? Where they just throw them in that fire and someone else is with them there and they come out and un- un- they don't even smell like smoke. So cool. What else? Crucifixion and the resurrection, the empty tomb, the book of Revelation, the whole book of Revelation. Wow. Samson, that's right. Yeah, Samson and the, the whole hair thing. <laughs> I didn't like that one. Um, <laughs> but okay, here's, here's, here's a point I want to make. Think about all of those stories, okay? Didn't, don't you remember walking out of Sunday school and you were just like, my God can do anything. Remember that? that? That's what you were in awe of as a kid. It was like, wow, you know, my God can do anything. And, and, and something I've just noticed is I, I feel like our teaching changes as we grow up. And I'll even confess that there are times when I, I just felt like, okay, those were the kids' stories, those were the stories that we learned as a kid, and now that, that, that people are older as a pastor, I'm not going to preach those messages, like I'm really going to get up and preach about Daniel and the lion's den, and Jonah, and the, you know, there was almost like a silliness because, well, we're more educated now. And so when we were kids, we're like, wow, you know, David slew that giant, then as we grow up and go to Trinco, Wow, he really mastered the Greek, you know, and did you see how he went to the imperative? And, you, you know, it's, it's, it's like, what are we doing? Do we still believe that those things happen? Do we still believe that Elijah called down fire from heaven and that it literally happened? And when's the last time you dwelt on that and believed on that? 
See, my favorite verse in the Bible is James 5.17, where it says, Elijah was a man just like us. It's my favorite verse. Elijah was a man just like us. I think the ESV says Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. I love that verse because it's saying Elijah was just a person. He was a human being. David, all these people we just mentioned, Daniel, Noah, Moses, they were all just people. Elijah, who calls down fire from heaven and, you know, wipes out the prophets of Baal, that whole, he, he was just a person. He was a man just like us, but he prayed earnestly. And, and, and here's the thing is, as you get older, people, I, I'm not trying to complain about, oh, you know, I'm not, I love the church, I love the people, but I got to say, sometimes the very people that attend our gatherings are causing us to not believe anymore. To, they're, they're saying, no, think more responsibly. You know, hey, you know, they almost want to take away our faith. And we're not encouraged. When we get together, we were supposed to encourage one another to love and good deeds. We're supposed to encourage each other with these stories of the past. Go, man, look what he did. There's no difference in you. But so often we can come to these places and almost feel discouraged. We may come believing God wants to do great things, huge things. And sometimes people squash that and go, well, I don't know. I don't know if God you know, can really do that now. I don't know if he's really. Let's be very careful with our words. Because so often, I've just had this childlike faith where I just believe God was going to do something great through me. And, and then I just hear everyone going, no, 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 no. And you just fight and fight and fight. And you go, no, no, no. I, I don't believe you. I, I'm not going to listen to you. I know what my God has done in the past. And to somehow to hold on to that. Because the early church, they encouraged one another. They gave encouraged one another. They gave courage to one another and saying, you know what? You, you can do this. You can do this. Because um, I've been in so many circles where you're almost made to feel, feel dumb, you, you know, like because you don't know the Bible well enough. And, and, and I was talking with my elders about this about a year or two ago. We talked about, remember when we were first believers and you just believed you could do anything and you start sharing with your friends and whatever else. But then it's almost like people say, well, you don't know enough yet. So, uh, you know what, maybe you, let's pull you out of the world and let's get you in these studies and help you to learn more about, and those are all good things, you know, but let's keep them out there, you know, but, but, but we want to protect you and say, okay, don't say anything because you, you just preached a lot of heresy. So just, just come back, wait till you really get it down. And then the more you study, the more you realize how little you know, right? And so then you go to Bible college and you meet people who know way more than you. Then you go to seminary and you're learning and you get a little cocky and you start feeling like you know it all. And then a month later, you know, you forget everything. And, and then you remember all the people who knew so much. And it's almost like you get more discouraged and feel more inadequate because you, you're just going, oh yeah, maybe I'm not the guy for this. Maybe I'm not the, the woman for this job. Maybe I just... I, I don't know enough. I'm not gifted like him. I, I don't have leadership gifts uh, like him. I, I, I can't, I, I can't, I don't have that compassionate spirit. Like, I, there's all these things that almost weigh you down. And I have to remind myself, oh, wait, wait a second. Elijah was a man just like me. See, if you, if you don't believe that verse 
and you still look at David or Moses like they were some sort of superhuman being that's beyond you? Come on, admit it. Don't you look at some of these people and you put them on a different level than you. You're not going to put yourself next to Elijah, a prophet of God. Do you really believe that you are the same as a Noah or a Moses or a Peter or a Paul? See, I got to fight to believe that. Because the Bible tells me that's true, that Elijah was a man just like me. We got to stop believing these lies, you guys, that there was something special about them. Because the Bible tells us they had a nature just like ours, but they prayed and they believed. They prayed earnestly and they believed in this God that they prayed to. And we need to get back to that childlike faith and say, no, I'm no different from Daniel or Shadrach or Meshach and Abednego. If anything, I could argue that I've got something on them with the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, that there was something different there. So why am I not walking around with a boldness, a greater boldness than they walked with? And see, that's, that's why Psalm, Psalm 23 was so beautiful to me. I, I'll confess to you, I've never preached Psalm 23. Today was my first day, preaching for 20 years. Never preached Psalm 23. I just figure, ah, that's the trendy psalm. Everyone's preached it. Everyone knows it. You, you hear it so many times. Why am I going to be repetitive? And um, so when I was asked to teach it, you know, a few weeks ago, I just started reading it, memorized it for the first time in my life, um, and just started meditating it on the last, last few weeks. And it is no coincidence at all that God's having me preach Psalm 23. It has just raised my confidence level, my peace level, because it's, 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 it's this, I know I'm just focused on verse 4, but it, the entirety of the psalm, there's just something beautiful about it. And I, and I want to be careful not to tear it apart too much, because sometimes we can just exegete the beauty out of something. And, uh, you know, and, and there's something about the whole of this passage that's very beautiful that I don't want us to miss. Um, because it, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's like if you tried to exegete Humpty Dumpty, you know? It's like, don't, don't, don't get too technical, you know? Because um, I actually did it one time. I just thought, okay, Humpty Dumpty. What is Humpty Dumpty? Seriously. An egg? Is that all he is? No, you, you never really thought about it, right? He's a weird thing. He's sitting on a wall. But okay, but here's the part that bothered me the most as, as, I, as I thought through that passage, um, that nursery rhyme. Okay, well after, after he falls, okay, the line that bugs me is all the king's horses. How are the horses going to help? Had you ever, have you ever in your life thought about that? How are the horses going to help put Humpty Dumpty back together? Just try to picture it in your mind. It just doesn't make any sense. See, so you can, you can take something like that and say, just leave it alone, you know, it was kind of cute until you ruined it for me. And in the same way, I want to be careful with Psalm 23 because there is such a beauty to the poetry in Psalm 23. I, you know, it's just like, wow. This really flows, the imagery, and just, there's an overall just 
absolute peace and confidence in the writer. He's just going, ah, you know, God, God, Yahweh, the creator of the universe, the most powerful being in existence is my shepherd. Think about that. So, so what more do I want from that? He, he, he leads me. He makes me lie down in these green pastures. He leads me beside still. God, this is God, remember? Yahweh is my shepherd. And he takes me to this. He himself restores my soul. When everyone else is beating me up, whatever, it just doesn't even matter anymore. Because God himself is restoring my soul. And, and, and he leads me down these paths of righteousness. He leads me to the right way. These right, he leads me to these paths of righteousness all for his name's sake. And he goes, even if I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, and that was a literal place. This is a literal place. It was, it was like this, picture this deep ravine with these cliffs, okay? And, and picture, picture just these, these uh, ferocious just animals, you know, predators, just, just, just looking down as you're walking through this ravine by yourself. You're walking through this ravine, and not only that, but the way I understand it, there were even people who would, would, would hide there and, and attack. And so you got, you got people, you got animals, you got everything is against you. I mean, can you imagine what it would feel like to walk through something like that? To walk through a jungle knowing that you've got all these eyes on you and all these predators on you. And, and it's just this picture of this, this, this man going, you, go, you know, even if I walk through there, you guys know what I'm talking about. If I walk through that strip over there, that valley, the shadow of death, I don't, I'm not really afraid of anything. Why? Because he's with me. My shepherd's with me and his rod. I see that, I see that staff in his hand and I go, no one's going to mess with him. No one's going to hurt him. He goes, you know, so I'm, not a, I'm not afraid of that. Even if my enemies show up. What if all my enemies show up? You know what? Uh, my shepherd, he'll just, he'll just, uh, he'll prepare a little table for me. I'll just sit there and eat. You know, he'll massage my shoulders, anoint my head with oil, fill my cup till it overflows. I got, I got nothing to be afraid of. All because of him. Okay, it's not, nothing about himself. He doesn't go, if I walk through the valley shadow of death, I don't care because I know, you know, some jujitsu. I, I uh, got a knife, got this gun, I got this, I got that. There's nothing about that. It's just all this comfort. He goes, man, because this, this, this one who's with me, I could have enemies attacking me. And I, I would just sit there drinking, just, just mocking. You know, just like Elijah on that mount, like, hey, where's your God? He's just, just, he just fearless. And he goes, and so I know, goodness and mercy, they're going to follow me all the days of my life, and then I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's just like, oh, you know, just this peace. I mean, are you walking like that? Is that you? I've been dwelling on that for the last couple of weeks. I'm going, God, thank you. Thank you. I have so needed this, and I want this, and I want this. I got to be fearless again. I got to just walk, and wherever, and, and I'm tired of people saying, but what if, what if, what if? And I go, no, it doesn't matter. Nothing can hurt me. Even if I walk in, what do you mean, what if? If that happens, then God will come through again. And he'll come through again, and he'll come through again. His rod and his staff, they they comfort me. See, we we get to this point where when you fear this God and all of his power and all of his majesty, you start finding comfort in that power, right? You you know, at first it's like, wait, there's this almighty being. That's intense. You know, he can do anything. Like like he could just, he's the one that's letting me breathe right now. He could just, he could just have me collapse. He could do this. He could do that. And there's just this fear of this almighty. That's why some people don't want to believe in him. 
It's like, when I want to believe in a God that great, that has complete sovereignty over me. But then once you understand his power and once you have relationship, you're so grateful for his power. Because then you go, wait, if that God's for me, who can be against me? And I could walk through the valley of shadow of death and I'll fear no evil. Because of his rod, his staff, it brings me comfort. The very thing I used to fear is now my, my greatest security. That's just this wonderful picture. And, and, and I got to say, are, are you still believing that way? Do you have that simple childlike faith? See, because what we like to do is we, we try to protect ourselves from ever having to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But here's what I was thinking about this morning. If Jesus really is your shepherd, imagine if almighty God, you could see him right here physically walking with you. And let's put ourselves in that scenario. Wouldn't you kind of want to go through the valley of the shadow of death just to see what he does? Right? I mean, wouldn't you want to go to that place and just just to see? I want to see what happens when these bears come. I want to see. You, you just because you have this complete confidence, it's, it's exciting. There's a thrill about it. And, and what we try to do sometimes is set our lives up so that even if God did lead, you know, we're okay if he leads us beside still waters. We're okay when he makes us lie down in green pastures. But what about when he leads us here through the valley of the shadow of death? There ought to be this side that's actually excited about it. And going, okay, this is going to be cool. I'm going to see God come through in some ways where he wasn't coming through. I'm going to see this other side of the shepherd that I didn't see by the still waters. You know, like that was cool. But let, get me in that valley of the shadow of death. And what, what Satan's done is he's created this fear in us to where we set up our lives, our worlds, where there's times in your life when you know God has called you to do something radical. And he's leading you to these different places. And you'll, you'll let people talk you out of it. See, because a responsible person would say, don't ever go through the valley of the shadow of death. Don't let your shepherd lead you there. Why would you do that? The wise thing, being a good steward, is staying away from the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, what responsible person would ever go there? And yet here's this... Sheep going, no, I'll, I'll go through. I'm fearless because he's with me. He led me bet- beside the green pastures and now he's leading me here. He's fine. It's actually going to be exciting to see how he comes through for me. Do you still have that faith in your life? Because I, I, I lost it for a while. If I'm perfectly honest with you, I started to lose it. I started to listen to people. And so, again, the psalm, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times I would just meditate on it and I would just start crying because I'm just going, God, that's right. You are the one. You took me through all of that. You took, why, am, why am I doubting now? After all these years of you leading me and taking me through impossible situations, now I'm going to doubt? You know, because now I'm going to question my intelligence. Now I'm going to question my leadership ability. Now I'm going to look in the mirror and go, well, no, I'm not the person for the job. Look, we can all look in the mirror and get depressed, right? (laughs) 
you can just look and go, oh man, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I started doing this human pity party thing and letting people explain what I couldn't do and, and why I wasn't good enough to do this or why I wasn't intelligent enough for this. And, and you start looking at your past and going, yeah, I, I never really was that gifted. You know, and I, you know, for me, honestly, I started thinking, yeah, my mind doesn't work that well. I wasn't like that brilliant Asian kid. You know, I was the one they made fun of. Ha ha, you only 3.8. Oh, you know, and... and <laughs> And so, you, you know, you start going, oh, you know, why me, God? Don't choose me. And, and, and I just had the revelation the other day that, that I was just sounding exactly like Moses. Remember when God called Moses? And Moses goes, no, 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 not me. Get, take Aaron. Take Aaron. Send Aaron. 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 You know, right? He goes, send Aaron. Send Aaron. Send Aaron. He's so much better, so much better, so much better. And so God says, okay, fine, 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 take, take Aaron with you. What, what happened with Aaron? Remember when Moses went up on the mountain and they left the people with Aaron? You know? And remember when Moses said, I, I don't speak well, and God says, who made your mouth? You saying I screwed up when I made your mouth? That's a, that's a big, that's a very heavy thought right there. Because we think we're being humble and, well, I'm just putting myself down. No, you're putting your creator down. You're saying, well, God, you didn't make my mind right for this task. You didn't make my lips move just the way they should. Somehow you screwed up in this. And it was really good for, for me just going, wait a second, God, you've always been there with me. I shouldn't be standing in front of you guys right now teaching the word of God. I, 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 shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't be doing any of the things that I'm doing. I shouldn't have this wonderful God-fearing family. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, no one should be listening. There, there should be no power when I speak. But God just did this thing. He says, I've been your shepherd. Why are you, why are you being afraid now? Remember, remember all through time, and here's some of the stuff I didn't share for service. Because I thought, well, I feel weird saying some of it, but... It's boasting about my God. Um, and, and, uh, but people always doubted my God. I mean, ever since, I, I remember when we got married, my wife and I, and we were going to start this church, you know, this little gathering, and people were like, you know, you know, I remember one of the first weeks, someone even said to me, Francis, you know, no one comes here because of you. You know, no one, no one cares to hear you. We're here because we're, you know, it's, 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 it's our friends and everything else. So just understand that. It's like, oh, okay, all right. You know, I, I just, you know, it's just from, from day one. But I remember even, you know, and here's the thing. And, and this is, but, but this is about my God. I remember the money thing. You know, at first just going, oh, I don't want to take any money from the church. And, and people just kept saying, no, I couldn't, don't worry. My God will come through for me. You know, and, and then we started taking this little salary. And everyone's like, no, you should take a bigger salary. You know what? You know, I go, you know what? I, I'm going to be okay with this. God's going to be okay. And, then, and everyone in my face going, look, that's not fair to your kids. They'll never get to go to college or whatever else. And we're like, no, you know what? If we lived off of 36 grand, we can live off 36 grand next year. You know, until let's just see what God does. Let's see what happens. And then, you, you know, and then, you know, everything, everything, you know, refrigerator breaks down. And suddenly that day, someone go, hey, I got a fridge, you know, do you need it? I accidentally bought two, you know, or whatever, you know, it's just crazy, you know, things. 
I could tell you story after story after story when everyone says, oh, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. And I'm going, man, but people are in need overseas. I mean, they're, they're dying today. Like, like, like someone's just trying to look for clean water. How can I justify this or this or this? I oh, just trust me. They'll be okay. And they're like, well, your kids in the future, and you got to worry about them. I go, no, don't worry. You know, they'll, they'll get a scholarship, something, you know, something will happen. Money will come through. I just got to worry about today. And I got to worry about the kingdom today, you know, and seek that first. And you know what? If that person's dying today, why am I worried about myself? What will be like 30 years from now? I got to think about now. And I got to trust this kingdom thing's going to work. And just, just as, as things start happening, just, just in faith and giving, it was always just shut down. It was always like, don't do that. Don't do that. When I came back from Africa and I just saw the need, it's like, oh, I just want to help them. You know, just sell the house and let's just move in this little place. And it was like, oh, you can't do that, you know, to your kids. And that was the greatest time of our lives, you know, and, and, and then it's just, and then as we gave more and more, I, I just, I remember one, one year just going, gosh, do I feel like you're saying you want me to give $50,000 this year, you know, to the church, and I'm going, I don't even make $50,000, but let's just see what happens, and sure enough, these things just started happening, and money started coming, I'm going, no way, we gave away 50 grand, I, I think I made that last year, and I gave that away this year, this is insane, I feel like he wants me to give 100000 this next year, you know? And suddenly, things start happening, and wow, we were able to give away $100,000. It's like, are you kidding me? And then it was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I really believe that he wanted me to give away a million dollars this last year. And we did. You guys... And still, yeah, it wasn't from Big God that he only made a little bit of money on that. It was, um, but uh, it was, uh, it was crazy love. That's the one that sold the million. And, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, seriously, the, the thing was, was, so, I, you know, you know, when we gave over the royalties, again, you know, it was like, wow, we just, we just gave away everything, you know, it was a million bucks and it's still going and everything else. And what do people say? You know what? That wasn't smart. That wasn't wise. You should have taken some and locked it away in case of emergency. And I would just go, so you're saying what's happening in Ethiopia isn't an emergency. What's happening in Thailand is not an emergency. What's happening in Haiti, that's not an emergency. An emergency is only if it affects you and your kids. But these other, who, who cares about Africans or the Indians or the, you, you, you know, the people in the, the Haitians? That's not an emergency. Emergency is you and your family. And, and that's just silly to just give and care or whatever. And it's people just constantly, it's like, okay, did you make a million dollars this year? That your income 10 times from last year by living responsibly? And, and don't you go living by faith? I go, no, 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 I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I want to just stand here and brag about my God who's come through for me ever since day one from believing him like a little kid. Going, man, I can give every single thing away. I can take my family anywhere. I can take them through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what? In October, we're going to India. We're going to Thailand. We're going to China. We're going to wherever. And you know what? My God's going to be with me. And we can give and do anything. And I'm tired of people telling me, oh, no, no, no. Now you got 
got to be responsible. Now you got to be responsible because you're older and you got to be more. You got you got kids now. You got four kids. You got this. You got that. No, I've got the same shepherd. I've got the same shepherd. I just really believe what the, the Lord wants is for us to go back to our childlike faith and to walk around and saying, you know what? My God's with me. And when we start living like that again and going, I could care less about the economy. Big deal. I'll eat beans and rice and wow, big deal. You know, my God's with me. That's the way most people live in the world anyways. So what? I might get killed. Ooh, real scary. Please, please don't make me go to heaven. Guys. The Bible says when we start living like this again and we strive side by side for the sake of this gospel we believe in and this hope where the sting of death is gone and my God is a, is a mighty, is an awesome God and believing that I can walk through anywhere and any enemy can attack me and I'll just be sitting there having dinner. I just really don't, I don't fear anymore. And uh, as, as we as believers get together, let's be careful with our words. Not to discourage. I mean, I understand. There are times when we make foolish mistakes and, uh, and we do things out of the wrong heart that isn't really for the kingdom. They're just foolish choices. I'm not saying God rescues you from that. I'm saying when you seek first his kingdom and you're really praying and saying, God, I think you want me to do this for your kingdom and for your glory's sake. And I think you're leading me through this valley. Then you go and you go with all confidence. But I believe there's people in this room that have been talked out of things that God wanted you to do. You've been talked out of giving that God wants you to do, serving that God wants you to do. Maybe just taking some risks. Maybe absolutely changing your life. You know, and, and people will start throwing phrases at you, usually starting with what if, you know? Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? And the whole point of Psalm 23 is nothing can happen to me outside the sovereignty of God. The only what if I'm concerned about is what if I die today and stand before God? And he goes, man, look at all these great things you could have done. But you, you were too scared. You didn't trust me. Even though I, I took you through so many valleys in life, there came a point where you started playing it safe. It's like, no, God, I want to do this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to follow you. I want to take some risks. And so some of you, you know what I'm talking about. That faith is right there, but Satan's trying to attack it. People are trying to attack it. And I'm just thinking, gosh, what would my life be like if I never took steps of faith? <laughs> where would my faith be? It's like the greatest things in my life were the times when I just went for it and said, no, this is, this is for the kingdom and watch what my God does. And now I can stand here today and just boast and go look at what my God does. And understand in no way is this a health wealth thing where it's like, wow, look how rich I am. Ha! I made a million dollars. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's no, it's, it's actually the opposite. It's like, no, look how rich I am in Christ that I could take a million dollars and go, I don't even care. You can have it. You know, give that away. It's, it's just because the Lord's my shepherd. I don't need any more. What else do I want? Just give me everything I ever wanted. And I don't know if you have that in Jesus, if Jesus really is that treasure to you. But, you know, even these last few months, it's just been more and more in me where God's just become my treasure more than ever. Where I go, God, you're the one that took me all through my life. 
all through my childhood. Let me just look back and see all the valleys you took me through. You're my treasure, and I can't wait to be with you forever. I can't wait to dwell in your house forever. And I'm sorry if people diverted my attention to other things. I'm happy today because he's my shepherd, and my God can shut the mouths of the lions. And if that's what he needs to do for me, he'll do it. And if he chooses to take me home, even better. Because to depart and to be with Christ is even better. And so I just want to live fearlessly. And I want to be with other believers who encourage me to live that way. Live wisely. But live with faith. Live courageously. And so that's been my prayer for you. And for this service. That we'd walk out of here and go, there's, there's really nothing to fear. Um, the early believers lived that way. All the saints in the past lived that way. And we can do that too because Elijah was a man just like us. And so as we take the bread and the cup, have faith in your forgiveness. Don't, don't try to make God like your other friends who haven't forgiven you for things that you've done and still hold things against you. Trust in the body and blood of Jesus Christ that he really did die for you and really does forgive you of everything and calls you to be his child, one of his own. Because as we read about the shepherd, you just, you want to be on the right side of his staff, you know? And, uh, and it's a great, wonderful, comforting thing. And if, you know, if today you've got some doubts, you've got some questions, you go, gosh, I don't have that comfort in Jesus. I don't, I'm fearful the rest of my life, whatever. I don't know that, that he really did die on that cross for me. I'm not sure about his resurrection or whatever it may be. You're just, maybe God's about to lead you somewhere and you've let people talk you out of it and you just need prayer for courage. Then as we're worshiping and as we're taking the bread and the cup, just go to one of the leaders and have them pray for you because we can't let Satan win this one. Okay, we can't walk around as weak, insecure, scared people. Ooh, I don't know if I could disciple someone. I don't know if I can talk to my neighbor. I don't know if I could actually lead someone to the Lord. I don't know if I could counsel them. I don't know if I could really love my wife the way Christ loved the church. That's exactly the way Satan wants you to think. And, and I'm not losing on that one. I want to strive side by side with an army that is not afraid in any way of our opponents. And then the world's going to believe, okay, you guys have the truth because I've never seen boldness like that before. So let me pray for us once again. Father, I want to live my life with more boldness at the end than when I started, God. I want to be bolder than ever. I just want to feel your spirit. I want to experience him. I want to believe that you can do anything through me. I don't want any of the critics, anyone to talk me down. I don't want Satan, any of his thoughts in my head. I just want to charge forward, God. It's the times of faith where I saw you. You you walked with me. You did everything. And God, I want that for this whole church. I want all of us. God, whatever steps of faith, we don't want to look back at the glory days and remember when you, you, you did that one thing in our lives. We want to boast about the future too and know that you're going to lead us through even more. God, help us just brag. Help us to brag about you, boast about you and all the things you did in our lives and then walk with confidence. Encourage our brothers and sisters to walk with that confidence that our God can do anything, God. 
God, forgive us, Lord, for walking away from those stories we learned when we were kids and thinking we're too mature now or, or beyond those things, God. You shut the mouths of those lions. You, you, you caused Shadrach, Meshach. I don't even know how in the world you did that. Them walk around down there and nothing happened to them. God, I believe that. I believe that Jesus literally rose from the grave and is listening right now. God, we believe these things again, Lord. And so don't, I just pray that you protect these. Protect your sheep, Lord. Don't let the enemy tell us anything different. And we cast all those thoughts aside and believe in our great God. And may we walk joyfully through the valley, the shadow of death, fearing no evil, instead being excited to see how you're going to come through for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.